Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, everybody. Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. Well, for us at least. I don't know when you're listening to this, but uh, it's the day after Christmas for us. That's right. So good times, huh? Mm-hmm. Always fun. It's so good to have the kids all together. Oh, yeah. I, I With one off to college, I am aware that in the next four to five years, most of our kids will either be getting married yeah. or be gone at college because we had our first six kids all pretty close yeah, in age. Yeah. So it started last year, and now it's like, oh, here we go. It's amazing. So, hey, today we're talking about a big hang up that parents actually have and may not even realize is preventing them from creating the legacy that they know they're called to. Okay. So the reason why Isaac and I really felt called to tackle this topic in this video is because in the next week, it is going to become something that you see everywhere. Oh, what's your word for 2020? What are your goals? You're going to start seeing a whole bunch of these memes start popping up, maybe even tomorrow, actually. And, um, we know that there are a few things that hold people back yeah. from hitting their goals. One would be bad habits. Mm-hmm. Another would be lack of accountability. But another is just the thought that I can never do that because I wasn't raised that way. Yeah. And so when we don't I- like to admit that one, but there's a lot of, I know a lot, I mean, I've communicated with a lot of guys that will say things like this where it's like, well, I, I just don't know what to do. I just never saw it modeled being a good father. Right. Or being a Christian. Yeah. Right. Being in a, Christ, a Christian adult, whether that's a male or a woman, right? Like yeah. if they weren't raised in a Christian home, a lot of people struggle with thinking that they are equipped enough to raise strong Christian kids that are going to be confident. Our tagline, actually, for Courageous Parenting, raising confident Christian kids in, for an uncertain world. Yeah. And the reality is that we all have the same capability as anyone else because we all have the word of God. Yeah. And we didn't come from these crazy homes that had multiple generations of pastors or anything like that. So (laughs) the way we do almost everything is generated from God prompting us our own learning and scripture and us ironing each other and having people around us that sharpen us as well. And and even watching how other people are struggling in life, um, it can be very insightful because Mm. that's a good way that you can learn what not to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that there's an element when it comes to, here we are, starting a new year. It's going to be the year 2020. Mm. And people are going to be making goals. They're going to be setting all these visions and mission statements. Right, Isaac? Sure. And we're for sure doing that with our family. Um, But... This topic of dwelling so much on how you were raised or on the legacy that's already been created in your family history can be something that prevents you from rising up and being who God wanted you to be and raising your kids to be who God intends them to be. So think of the tracks on an old uh, dirt 
road and a vehicle that is driving on that road and there's tracks that are deep. I purposely haven't called what they're named yet, but they're called ruts. Okay. And what happens is the car is in the, in those tracks. It's very hard to get out of them because you tend to fall back into them. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the same thing. We have worn patterns of behavior, rhythms, whether fr- from yeah. how we were raised and all those things. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says to think anew. It is is to renew your mind. And so we need to be honest about where we're maybe still in those tracks. And we need to shift into in some ways to get on a path towards a real new legacy. You know what? We and actually, we might be have a false sense of that. We yes. might think we're creating a new legacy, but still we're holding on to things that keep us in those ruts. You said something that was interesting that I've heard you talk about in the parenting mentor program. You said God calls us to think anew. And I know that you have this whole message on Ten Kaizen that's really awesome. Yeah, that you we're not share. talking about that. We're not going to go into that, but it reminds me of Romans chapter 12, which we've referred to many times over the past year in this podcast, specifically, though, in regards to how God calls us to have our minds renewed, yeah. to be transformed, right? Yeah. And it says... Okay, you guys ready? It says to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. And I think that this is an important scripture if you are going to be potentially setting goals for the next year because you need to test those goals. Are those of the flesh or of the, are those of the spirit? Are those yeah. what God is calling you to? Are they of his good and perfect will or are they of Angie's will? Or you Now, know, I like your that you're will. talking about goals and so forth, although this episode is not about that, yeah. but it is important and that's why you're mentioning it because mm-hmm. there is this major hang up that we blame our parents for what we don't understand, know how to do, or for the way we are being. Yes. Whether we consciously understand that or we haven't come to grips with that yet, we need to be, we need to kind of lay it bare. Okay. And, so and let's really just help say, understand. So, point one in this podcast is, is stop, stop blaming, blaming your, parents. your parents. We were, and funny, we were sitting around the dinner table uh, with some of our older kids. Yeah. Uh, during. Christmas break, mm-hmm. and we actually we just started going. I went off on this, then you started going off on this. It wasn't you know, in relation to them; they weren't blaming us. No, for it was no. in relation to some huh. other situation or something. I don't even. Remember. I don't even remember what the situation was, but I just said, "Hey, no one's allowed to blame their parents. You guys are not allowed to blame us when you launch because you're going to be adults, and whatever we did right or wrong, you know, we're going to give the best we can, yeah. and we're going to make mistakes. But if you blame us, that is." You're not going to grow. You're not going to grow. It was funny, though, because when we were talking about the table, one go, what's it? I don't remember. It might have been Megan or it was Kelsey. One of them said, you got to do a podcast on this. Yeah. And it's so true because we almost titled this podcast, Stop Blaming Your Parents and Start Adulting. Because can I just empower you in an exhorting kind of way? You are an individual. You are an adult. And therefore, you have the opportunity to make good choices or bad choices. You have the opportunity to stay in your bad habits or to choose new habits. To get wisdom or to stay in the wisdom of the world. You actually have the choice to continue leaving the legacy that your parents have left through you. The same tracks in the road. Or to begin 
a new legacy. New path. Right. And so we're going to talk a little bit about this concept of new legacy as well. That's point number two. Yeah. But you really, before we jump into that, I want to share something from Galatians chapter six, verses three through seven. Okay. So Galatians six, verse three says, for if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, mm-hmm. and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have a load to bear, or each will have to bear his own load. One who is taught the word must mm-hmm. share in all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows that he will also reap. We've heard this, you, you, you know, whatever you sow, you're going to reap. So it's a spiritual law yeah. that no one can, you can't escape it. You can't escape it. Yeah. And so if you're making excuses silently or mm-hmm. overtly about your way of being or lack of spiritual maturity or lack of biblical understanding or the getting angry at your kids, cause that's what you mm-hmm. saw modeled. And you, you're like, Oh, I'm just, I okay. just really, I saw my, I saw my dad right there when I just did that. And you think you can't myself. ever do it differently because yeah. you were raised for 18 years and that's all that was modeled for you. Can I just, I need to read verse, the next verse to them, which is in chapter six, verse eight says, for the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. Let us not grow weary of doing good, which we have a podcast on this particular passage of scripture. You should go listen to that if that's your struggle. But I'm bringing this up because what does it say? It doesn't say for the one who sows to his father's flesh Mm -hmm. will reap his father's. No, it says the one that sows to his own. We have to take responsibility and stop blame shifting. I see it so much. It drives me crazy, you guys, if you're watching, you, see, you can see me right now. So blame shifting is when you're feeling convicted about something and then you go, well, wait a minute, that's actually not my problem. That's this person's problem. I actually didn't do that. This other person did that. Right. I am. I can't help but be this way because of X, Y, and Z over here. Excuses. Yeah. It's just excuses. And there's no real improvement until we are introspective at a level that is honest and that yeah. is transparent. And you should help each other. You should ask your spouse, hey, can you what are some, can you hold me accountable yeah. to this? Or if you're not sure, hey, are there any behaviors or attitudes or things? Have you ever mm-hmm. seen me blame my parents for anything that I'm not doing the yeah. best I could? Or blaming myself because of how I was raised and yeah. being stuck in a rut myself, right? Like, y- this is the thing. If you are a confessed, professing believer of Christ mm-hmm. and you have the Holy Spirit, that, that means you have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Then you should creation. be walking in the Spirit, which means not of the flesh. Well, it's so interesting. So really, it's a matter of like, are you really walking in the Spirit or are you walking so in you your parents' So you said should. Flesh? It's a key word. She said should, which is good. Um, because even though we have the Holy Spirit, doesn't mean we're walking in the Holy Spirit. Walking is an action. We're taking a step, another step, another right. step. It's a constant submitting it's to constant submitting the Spirit. And, yes. and, and, submitting uh, what? Our will. Our will. Our habits. Yeah. The ways of the past. Our yeah. flesh. So get honest. So stop blaming your parents. If that's not you, if you're listening to this and you're like, this is really good, so-and-so over here will help that. We'll share it with them. That'd be awesome. But 
uh, I want you to pause for a second and go, you know what? It, it, is my pride up? Is my defenses up? Where is this true? I'd rather argue for reasons why something might be true than for argue for reasons why it's not and keep my limitations. And That's so good. really important to be introspective and just go, you know what? Where is that? You know, are there any still with me? I sh- I, I'm going to do the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Now this is on top yeah. of my mind. Are there any places left? And there's some things I've done. There's things Angie have done that we're going to teach you that make sure you clean slate this and stop doing this. Isn't that what walking in Christ is? When you become a believer, you get a clean slate. Yeah. You don't have to be constantly thinking about your past or even your past heritage. Now, heritage can be good, yeah. but it can also be bad. And that's our next point is leaving a new legacy. The first thing I want to say on this is when you're building a house, you're built you start with the foundation. Actually, the foundation takes a long time. If you ever seen your neighbors building a house or something like that, yeah. it's like all this work, all this work doesn't seem like a lot of progress. Once the foundation is laid, mm-hmm. boom, 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 walls go up, it goes up pretty quick. Um, the foundation is so crucial. And are you building a foundation of your legacy with bad elements behind you? Okay, that you've kept? Or are you building a fresh and clean legacy that only takes the good things from the past, because I'm sure there are some, mm-hmm. and only takes good things and leaves the bad and adds new good things because of your biblical wisdom, the mentors in your life, the introspective nature of you are, and asking for the Holy Spirit to reveal things to you mm-hmm. and pursuing those. Super, super important. So we're in 1610 in Luke. Let me read this to you. One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. If then you have have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you with true riches? And on and on and on. But the key point here is if we're faithful with a little, then we can be trusted. If we're dishonest with a little, it's calamity, right? Mm -hmm. And so we don't want to even be dishonest with ourselves with a little. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because that could be laying that foundation that's a little bit corrupt. Well, what's wrong with there's just a little bit corrupt foundation? Well, have you ever had water leak into your house from the earth? It creates mold that affects generations living in the house until the house is no longer able to be lived in. Yeah. This is an interesting concept. It's kind of like building your house on the sand versus building the house on a rock, which is yeah. another parable that te- Jesus teaches about. You can look that one up. Um But in regards to leaving a new legacy and laying a foundation and laying the strength of your house, what Isaac's talking about here is if you're walking in the flesh, there's still going to be sins of the flesh, Mm -hmm. like dishonesty, for example. And if you're okay with a little bit of sin, then eventually, gradually, you'll become okay with more and more sin. Because the reality is if you're okay with a little bit of sin in your life, then you're going to be okay with that little bit of sin in your kid's life. And then that's going to grow because sins are like weeds that grow. To be bigger. Yeah. And you're in for destruction and you will reap what you've sown. Yeah. And sowing is also taking the time to sow energy into doing the weeding, right? Yeah. Like when you are farming and you're growing something, if you leave weeds in with tomatoes and carrots and especially carrots, potatoes, anything that's a root vegetable, it'll destroy them. Yeah. They won't have room to grow. And that's what's going to happen in your family if you allow sin to take root. 
And if you go into this new year and you set intentions, which we encourage, I'm sure we'll do another podcast about some of the things we're doing in our home right now. And we do every single year about setting intentions with a married couple for the new year Mm -hmm. and for the family and including the family in that process. But um, if you if you don't get honest about this, you have a you have a corruption already going into the new year uh, that you've allowed to stay that'll prevent you, as you said in the beginning, mm-hmm. from actually fulfilling these things. So the second point here that we're talking about leaving a new legacy, um, it this is very visionary. Uh, it has a very visionary aspect to it. And remember, you don't have to be gifted as a visionary, but if you're a parent, vision is required. And so mm-hmm. um, you do have to think about that. And that is thinking beyond today. And so one of the key things to thinking beyond today is reflecting on the past. Mm-hmm. So it's important to reflect on this year and go, hey, how's our legacy doing? And asking each other that mm-hmm. so important. In Psalms, I love the Psalm, Psalm 145.4, one generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Okay, so cool. So this is one aspect of generation after generation. And when you're leaving a new legacy, what do you want your kids to say about you? Yeah. What do you want your kids to remember about their childhood? What do you want your kids to pass on to their kids? What stories are going to be told? These are questions that I ask myself all the time. Mm -hmm. And part of the answer to that, I can already tell you what part of the answer is. Now, I'm not responsible for any potential sins of my children when they're adults. Mm -hmm. If they sin against me and Isaac in being dishonoring, maybe they don't remember something accurately. Like Mm -hmm. all kids don't remember something accurately, right? They feel Mm -hmm. unfair and they share this story that maybe paints us looking bad. I'm not responsible for that. But what I am responsible for is the example that I give to my kids in honoring my parents. Like I don't talk bad about my parents. Right. You don't talk bad about your parents. Right. And that is something that we've been really protective of is our kids' image of their grandparents, but also them seeing us model for them how to honor your mother and father when you're older, when they're older, Mm -hmm. and maybe they're not even... Maybe they're not living in a way that deserves respect, Mm -hmm. right? Maybe you have reasons for not respecting them. Those are still not excuses for being in sin yourself. Mm -hmm. So you have to be above reproof, Mm -hmm. right? And as you are walking in the spirit in this, because that takes walking in the spirit, that takes choosing to forgive, that takes choosing to walk it out yourself Mm -hmm. as an example. When you do that, you will reap in your children a fruit that is far superior than the destructive fruit that you would be reaping if you were constantly talking bad about your parents. Because if you do that, what are they going to do when they grow up about you? So it's the balance of that truth while at the same time making sure for the sake of respecting somebody, Mm -hmm. you're not allowing your kids to be in dangerous situations or be exposed to TV shows that wouldn't be appropriate or whatever the case may be. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely times where we have had to put our foot down on things and we've explained it to our kids, but we've always done it in a respectful Mm -hmm. way, right? And I think that where this lands is that your kids um, have a graciousness and an, uh, they have compassion and sympathy for yeah. where other people are at, which is not just grandparents, it's just anybody, Yeah, right? When they're not, we, we tell our kids, hey, 
yeah, you're going to feel different when you go to college Yeah, because you were raised differently. Well, let's just yeah. take a moment and we'll come back to this and then we have our final point. Um, but first of all, if you've given us a rating on iTunes or anywhere else, we so appreciate it. On iTunes, oh, it just do. takes Thank you. a tap and you can give us five stars. It's not us. It's the movement. It's yeah. Courageous Parenting and to impact one million legacies over a period of time. And so you're mm -hmm. a, a movement builder when you do that. And we appreciate it. We read every review. We just surpassed a thousand um incredible can i just say reviews, thank you that is so incredible ratings, i guess they're called ratings and then yes. 200 written reviews uh which is is just incredible what yeah. a great first year we're finishing up here uh just getting close to 400,000 total downloads in this first year so just incredible so that's thank you for that and the mm -hmm. second thing if you have been looking at the parenting mentor program considering it and so forth i encourage you to go to courageousparenting.com and check it out we do have a few spots left and what a there's no better way to start the new year than you know with the fresh attitudes fresh self-control increased obedience and peace in your home mm -hmm. because you upped your parenting but yeah. it's not just about this new year it's about a your better legacy. foundation for your yeah. legacy, which we're talking about. And so uh, we invite you, go take a look at it at CourageousParenting.com. It's self-paced. Uh, you have powerful community, mm -hmm. uh, 10 hours of curriculum, but you always have access to it. It is the biblical parenting program we literally used over the last 19 years, mm -hmm. raising and equipping our eight kids to be confident yep. Christian kids launching into our world. And we've already launched one into the world. She's in college, second year in college yep. and coming back. And we have kids anywhere from, you know, one to 19. And mm -hmm. so really, really, it's been awesome. And so um, definitely check that out. Also, one other note, and then we'll continue here, is at CourageousParenting.com. You can get all the show notes, scripture references, mm -hmm. resources we talk about, and everything right there. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'd love to have you share the site too if you feel inclined. Yeah. So let's continue. We're talking about leaving a new legacy, mm -hmm. but we can't really move on in a powerful kind of way, right? If we're constantly in our minds thinking about how we were raised and and potentially believing lies from the enemy, like, oh, I never can do that because I never saw that modeled for me, yeah. right? Let's say someone grows up in a divorced home. I mean, we know the divorce rates of today. Yeah. And so the majority of parents in our generation and younger, like a lot of them, between 50 and 70% of them have grown up in a divorced family. Yeah. And so for them, they may be thinking, how am I going to make it the long haul? Right? How am I going to not just make it and survive, mm -hmm. but also thrive and oh, model yeah. a biblical marriage to my kids when I never saw that model? Let's just use that as an example. And the first step to that, which is our point three in being able to leave a new legacy is that you have to forgive your parents. Yeah. Oh, it's so this huge. This is a really, really big deal. We have a couple of scriptures specifically that we want to encourage you guys with. So we're going to read those, but then we're going to talk more about this. So Matthew chapter 6, verse 15. Yeah. Um, 6, verse 15. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. We probably all heard that before, but if we don't forgive somebody, mm -hmm. then how can we expect to be forgiven? Right. Now, uh, one thing I want to say before you read the next one is that yeah. forgiving someone doesn't mean you allow yourself to be abused by someone. I'm not saying your parents abuse you, but there's all kinds of people listening with all kinds of situations. Right. And so just because we forgive somebody in our heart, 
doesn't mean we allow people to have in the power same or influence over level us. of relationship yeah. Yeah. or, you know, it doesn't mean we don't put boundaries around things if they're needed. Mm-hmm. We should if they're needed. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's a good word. And I just want to point out if this is something that you're struggling with, I would just encourage you to meditate on Matthew chapter six, where Jesus is even teaching us how we should be praying, where he says, our father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, your kingdom come, your mm. will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Don't we want that? We want God's will to be done on earth in our families. Yeah as it is done in heaven. And then it continues, give us our daily bread and forgive us our debts. We need to be aware of our sin because that helps us to have compassion with other people. How many times have we screwed up as parents? I cannot even tell you, like when I became a mom, every mom (laughs) says this, when you become a mom, you go, whoa, my mom was amazing, right? You just, you have a different perspective on parenthood, on motherhood. If you're a mom, and and even as a dad watching what I go through, I'm sure you have a different perspective on your mom, right? And you just have more appreciation for them because you you realize that it's a lot harder than you thought it was. It's not just living life, right? There's a big responsibility. And then it says, as we have also, so forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And part of this is that we need to understand there's a temptation to hold on to things. Yeah. There's a temptation to not forgive. Yeah. And part of that comes from the temptation to think too highly of ourselves, to not be willing to be honest about our own sins. Mm -hmm. And when we aren't honest about our own sins, when we think too highly of ourselves, then of course we can't have compassion on somebody else and give them forgiveness. There's another saying that says, you can't give someone what you've never been given or received. You can't give grace if you haven't received it. Which might mean that you haven't fully embraced what Christ did for you to forgive you of your sins. It might. I'm not saying it is for sure, but that might be something to look into. Like if I'm for 10 years, I've not forgiven someone or my whole life I've not forgiven someone as long as I can remember for something. Well, what does that mean then? If if Jesus died on the cross for all of your sins, what does that mean if you're not forgiving someone for one thing? And so I'm not trying to make this small because there are big hard things that happen to people and probably some of you have had way harder things that have happened to me or angie and and so we're not in a comparison game here at all but we're just looking at god's word what god's word is and if you don't forgive a bitter root grows in a bitter root and it destroys you it just destroys you and it will destroy your new legacy yeah and we care enough about you and your legacy to speak the truth that's in scripture and tell you and beg you to lay that bitter root at the cross to dig it out to ask your husband ask a mentor Mm -hmm. ask a pastor get a Christian counselor, whatever it takes, yeah. you have to work through this. Real also, quick, real quick, I just want to say that if you don't specifically remember a time that you actually forgave your parents, you may not even have talked to your parents. It's when you, between you and God, and if you have not literally forgiven them for anything that you were harboring and you can't remember that time, then I want to challenge you that don't just, as you're driving your car, or you're doing dishes and listening to this, Go, yeah, of course I've forgiven him. Well, when did you forgive him? Do you remember that point? I remember actually when I did. Mm-hmm. And it was unbelievable. And I think everybody does. Our kids will probably have to have a point of forgiving us for something um, that we're not even aware of right now. Yeah. And so sometimes it's just 
you know, a way of being that, you know, they, they, they got friction. from friction or being in the family and they launched out and maybe they weren't equipped in some way and uh, they could look back and go, wow, oh, I, I wish I would have, I wish I would have, I wish they helped me with this more. or I, I wish know. that. <laughs> and, and, and for their yeah. own sake, they might need to free give us. And so let's be examples for our own kids and be able to share that as we're mentoring our teenagers someday. Maybe you don't have teenagers now, but are you going to be able to mentor them? Here's a, here's a, here's a tip. Okay. This is something that I, no one ever shared this with me, but this is just something that I've kind of done for the last 20 years as a mom. Mm -hmm. I've prepared myself and my children as much as possible verbally for the season that is upon us within 10 years. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is that when they were little and they were three and they were four and they were five, I was talking to them about what their relationships would be like when they moved out of the house. Yeah. When they were three, four and five. And I have not relent, I have relentlessly continued that conversation. I have not let up mm -hmm. on that conversation throughout their childhood. What you're building today, you will get tomorrow. Amen. You reap and you sow. So if you don't put into that relationship, it might not be there when you need it when you're 25 or 45. Yeah. And so I wish someone would have told me that. Mm -hmm. I know that no one talks like that. Yeah. Because God in his divine wisdom somehow impressed that upon my soul. Yeah. And that is huge in regards to forgiving people. Yep. Think about this. What is not forgiving going to reap in your life in 10 to 20 years from now? Yeah. And with your own kids. Because the Bible warns us that sins can be passed on to the third and fourth generations. Yeah. That is powerful. So we need to lay down our pride because really pride is the only thing that holds someone back from being honest about the sin in their life. Amen. They need to lay it down the cross and be willing to forgive. And that's where it comes to this, this Matthew chapter seven. So we were so just good. in Matthew six. This is Matthew chapter seven. I'm gonna dive into verse two through five. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. I'm gonna stop right there for a second. So if you're harsh in your judgment of your parents, guess what's going to happen to you? Your kids are probably right. going to be harsh in their judgment of you. That is a huge warning. And I really hope you're hearing this. Yeah. Because would you want your kids to treat you the way you treat your parents? Yeah. Okay. Verse three. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that's in your own eye? Mm. In the body of Christ... Did you know your mom and dad are your brother and sister in Christ mm -hmm. if they're believers and that your kids are going to be your brothers and sisters in mm -hmm. Christ because you're all the children of God if you have confessed and believe in him? Yeah. So this pertains to them too. Why do you see the speck in your brother's eye? How many times is it easy for us to notice a sin that's in somebody else? Well, because that's usually the sin that we ourselves have also struggled with. Yeah. Let's just be honest. That's why God has put this passage of scripture here. He's saying to take out the log that's in your eye. Or how can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye. You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. This is important <laughs> because you know what? Accountability. Yeah. confronting someone of sin, it's like surgery. Yeah, It's like surgery walking through, like if somebody's an alcoholic and you're going to help them to lay down that cross Yeah, and they're not going to be an alcoholic anymore. That's surgery. Yeah, And it's going to be painful mm -hmm. and you're going to have to be faithful. 
And so there's an element where we can't be hypocrites. God is literally calling us, this generation of parents, to look at all the ways and at times we've used our own parents as an excuse for why we are in sin, to forgive them and to own our own sin and to repent and turn away from it. Mm-hmm. So that it is no longer going to put us in bondage and no longer going to have any kind of effect on our legacy. One of the hardest things for people to do is to think far enough ahead in a crystallized way of how we want things to be. And the the jeopardy of that mm-hmm. is that you don't make the right, very small decisions today. And sometimes doing the hard things today and the small things that are right things today to have a clean slate and build a new legacy is looking ahead at what you want and bringing it to the day. So Angie gave you many examples in this episode of how she does that. And we do that all the time. Mm -hmm. It's because if I'm just going through the motions, this thing today could not be very meaningful or important. Mm -hmm. And I might not do it very well, or I might just not even do it at all, like Bible time with my kids, or maybe, oh, I'll get to forgiving my parents, but I'm still hurt inside. Mm -hmm. Well, if if you don't understand the deep corruption that actually is causing, um, then you won't change. But you won't understand that unless you see clearly the vision in the future Mm -hmm. and you go, oh, wait a minute. How I live today Mm -hmm. is how I'm living. Mm Mm-hmm. There is no such thing as tomorrow. It's only about today. And today mm-hmm. is either corrupting or helping my family. And so you really need yeah. to take action on that. And vision is required if you're parent. Yeah. It's very important. And so that's actually, you know, the fourth point that we wanted to make, the final point, is that you need to be wise in choosing what aspects of the legacy that you have come from yeah. that you're going to keep and which ones you're going to choose to not keep and you're going to create your own way, That's right? right? Because if you're really honest and you're able to set aside maybe a bitter root and you're able to set aside the things that went wrong, I'm sure if you look hard enough, you can find some good things that you would want to pass yeah, on to your kids. absolutely. Even if you come from a non-Christian home. And you need to do that and you need to try to use those things as the things that you bring honor to your parents in in front of your kids. Yeah. Just grab a hold of those few, even if there's just a few. Yeah. And then the ones that you don't, you purposefully set those aside. But this is going to take real purposeful intention. It's going to take making a list, potentially discussing it with your spouse so that you're in alignment, so that he's aware that you know of the bad things because he probably has seen them as well and is worried about it you're gonna have or to, vice versa. You're going to have to reject passivity for this. And that's why this is called courageous parenting because it takes courage to do the things that are required once you make that list. Yeah. So in picking, here's my last little tip, in picking the good and the bad. Yeah. Heritage is a beautiful thing. Um, Isaac has some very rich heritage. Mm-hmm. I have very rich heritage both very different. Mm -hmm. And so to raise our family, we have had to make choices on what aspects of heritage we wanted to pass on to our kids, which ones were going to bring the most spiritual fruit. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be fun, things that we thought could be traditions or whatever. Because traditions can be good. If they taste good, you just take them all. Yeah, like Lefsa. Lefsa is really good. Anyways, (laughs) no, but so in regards to this, I just want to say this because a lot of people come from different cultures and Mm -hmm. they may be listening from Australia or France or Germany because we have a lot of listeners all over the world. Yeah. Listen, your culture has many amazing things. 
but your culture probably also has some very sinful aspects mm-hmm. to it because anything that's been touched by man has flesh written on it. Biblical truth must trump culture. Exactly. So when you are evaluating what you're going to keep and what you're not, you want to preserve the things that are going to enrich your family culture, but are not going to be anti-biblical. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you want to for sure hold on tightly to those things that are going to be very biblical and help you in raising your kids to be strong, courageous Christian kids. Yeah. So, well, hey, this has been awesome. And don't forget the free Courageous Parenting Workshop. It's about 30 minutes, a couple thousand people have gone through it. You can also get that on the podcast notes at courageousparenting.com. Well, anyways, hey, we're excited to go through this next year with mm-hmm. you. Merry Christmas. See you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.